Have you ever thought about what happens when your business is forced to change by external pressures, maybe in ways that scare you a little bit? A couple examples that I can think of just in recent years for web designers are AI and the rise of page builders. You know, overnight, there was an entire segment of the population of web designers and developers who feared because you didn't need to write tons of code to build a website anymore. Now you could just log in to your website and visually start building right there on the page. We're going to talk about that in this week's episode of the Subscription Web Design Podcast. I'm so glad to have you with me here. I want to talk about this concept that Simon Sinek calls existential flexibility, okay? And existential flexibility is this idea that in the very existence of what it is you do, okay, there is a built-in degree of flexibility that will allow you to change when the market tells you that it is time to change. If you don't have this built in, then what's going to happen is you're going to stay stuck in your ways and you are going to miss out on many of the changes that are happening in the market. And it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next month or next year, or it might not even be in the next five to 10 years, but it likely will. Okay. That your business will get left behind to the point of non existence if you don't learn how to become flexible. Now, this is part of Simon's book called The Infinite Game. And it's a fantastic book. Highly recommend you to read it. And in The Infinite Game, this is one of the concepts he's talking about this existential flexibility, this, this idea that whatever your business does right now, today, it's, it's really just one way to serve the core mission, the core result that it is that you get your clients, okay? And we're going to talk about what that looks like and, and how to maybe think about it for web designers. When you're a web designer, you have certain things that you do. You, you, that you think of as, well, this could never be replaced. I, I think about the day probably software developers never thought that they would be replaced. And um, are software developers re replaced right now? No, of course, there's tons of software developers. In fact, it takes software developers to build AI tools. It takes software developers to build page builders. But let me just give you one example of my friend Dustin, all right? My friend Dustin had spent a lot of money, tens of thousands of dollars on development teams for products that he had used in the past and sold, okay? So he had these businesses that he created that were primarily to help people with social media content. And he'd paid developers lots of money to have this work done. And it was to the point where the businesses were not succeeding. They were not uh, going very well. And he needed to make changes. It was a catch-22. He needed to make changes to the product in order to see it survive, but he couldn't afford to pay the developers to make the changes on the product. And so he's not a technical developer himself. He's a really good designer, though, okay? And he can dive into the development a little bit if he has to. Well, what did he decide to do? When it came time for him to make his next product to try to find something that works, 
he decided on a no-code tool called Bubble, and he decided that the big thing that he was going to do was work to integrate AI into this tool. This would become an AI-based tool. And so he used a no-code tool like a page builder. Imagine, um, imagine something like a WordPress Divi combination, but for uh, standalone web applications that are very, very complex. He used Bubble.io to build that, and the uh, actual platform that he was building was an AI-based platform. Okay, He didn't have developers involved in the process at all. It's his most successful product to date. Of course, I can't talk about his financials and stuff here, but let's just say it's going pretty well, all right? And the lesson there is that this is a case where, other than the people who developed the uh, tool, Bubble.io, he cut developers entirely out of that process. For me, um, I interviewed uh, my developer, Christian, on the podcast a while ago, and there are absolutely certain things that I uh, need his help with. And he's around, and he does a fantastic job. There's other stuff, though, that I can take upon myself, and I can do that I used to would need him for, that now I don't necessarily need him for. So he has to become existentially flexible. He knows that being a code monkey is not the way to long-term financial success and prosperity and job security. So he is an intelligent business guy, super smart business guy. And so he's shifting a little bit, taking the knowledge that he has, but repackaging it in the context of business consulting and becoming more of a strategic partner than somebody who just fixes code on a site when it breaks. So you have to go into this mindset of existential flexibility. We can change when the market demands that we change and we can still get the same result for people. So let's talk about this idea of then having a results or an outcomes-based mindset versus a, a technical proficiency-based mindset. What does that mean? Well, when we go into whatever we're doing thinking we are good technicians who do this thing, okay, we are good web designers, we are good plumbers, we are good electricians, you know, we are, uh, we are good graphic designers, okay? When we start to think like that, we immediately cut ourselves off. Now, again, in this context, plumbers and electricians, of course, they're always going to be around in some capacity at least, right? But even plumbers and electricians can use this thinking, okay? Let's say, I, in fact, I, I, I kind of just want to demonstrate this because it can be easier to see things when you're looking outside of yourself. So um, even though plumbers and electricians might not be the most applicable to web design, let's actually think through that experiment a little bit, okay? Let's say that you go into business and all you are is a plumber, okay? Your mission in life is to plumb, okay? We are going to plumb. That means um, replacing, you know, pipes and, and, and maybe bath fixtures and um, unclogging toilets and just basic stuff that, uh, that plumbers do, okay? If your mission in life is to plumb, then all you will ever do is plumb. And if for some reason the plumbing market in your city uh, gets overtaken by somebody else, somebody comes in with a huge investment, you know, and great branding, and 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 it looks like you know there's a maybe a national chain or something that's coming in, and you, the local little guy, you're losing business. Um, let's just say that happens. Well, where do you go from there? How do you how do you pivot if everybody knows you as the plumbing guy? But if your mission is larger, right? If your mission is that you want to help people become more comfortable in their homes or you want to make sure that people have a home that always functions um, the way that they want it to or need it to or whatever it is, then within that mission, you can expand to a different result, okay? If the, if the result is a, um, 
a, a home that, that you can enjoy, then within that, there's lots that you can do. Okay, same with the website design. All right, website design is one technical piece of the puzzle that can help your clients accomplish something much bigger. And uh, for example, there are things in websites that you do for clients that you could instead train them to do. And I know many people who uh, have transitioned from their agency being a do-it-for-you sort of thing, like we do this for you, done for you, um, to being a done with you and more of a coaching model. There's a lot of people who have done that and switched from this agency model of done for you to this coaching model to done with you. Why? Well, for whatever reason, their market, their, uh, their marketing, uh, there are lots of reasons why you might want to do this. Maybe you find that client work and actual service work is not that profitable. There's a lot of reasons why people make that switch. Uh, instead of selling one-to-one, you can sell this kind of service one-to-many. And so you're still getting the same result for clients, but you're getting the result a different way. So when you think about results and outcomes and not just the technical proficiency of a certain piece of work, then you can become existentially flexible. You can think about how to incorporate new tools, new technologies, new methodologies into the results you deliver instead of just saying, well, we only do this one thing. And so with that in mind, then you simply, once you decide on your outcomes, you decide for now, what is the right vehicle to create the outcome? And so what, what can you do like uh, practically here? Well, what you can do is start thinking about why you do what you do, okay? This goes back to another book that Simon Sinek wrote called Start With Why. Why do you do web design, okay? Is it just that you love the actual act of web design so much? Like it's the only thing you would ever do. Or is there something more to it? Did you maybe fall into it by accident? And then you fell in love with it. By the way, it's okay to enjoy it. I'm not saying don't enjoy what you do, okay? But the question is, how did you start to do it? Why did you start to do it? Did you maybe, or, or could you think of, if you if were to dig a little deeper, could you think of reasons why you enjoy doing this beyond pressing buttons on the website? Do you enjoy getting a specific result for clients? Do you enjoy giving them peace of mind? Do you enjoy helping them grow their business? Do you enjoy helping them get new leads? You can even be more specific that way. I would uh, ask you to figure out what that is. Think about in your business what that piece of the puzzle is, and that will tell you how you can be existentially flexible because chances are 90% of the time, whatever you land on there is going to sit atop website design. In other words, there's multiple paths to this. You're on the web design path. And I'm, if, if you're listening on audio only, I am holding my hand up in the air and like pointing up at one, with one path to it. If your path is that just that one, that web design path, there's probably two or three others that you could line up that all point to that same place and get that same uh, result. So you just have to choose the right vehicle for the right time. And if you have a vehicle that's not working, switch into a different vehicle. By the way, full disclosure, that's something that is, is happening right now. This might actually be, if I, if I say this, okay, I'm going to say it. This is going to be the first, like, I think public time that I'm even talking about this, but our uh, business is going to be making a switch. We're going to be rebranding from our current company, North Mac Services, into uh, splitting into two separate marketing entities. Why? Because we're being existentially flexible. We have hit the limits of what we can do with our current branding, um, and, and so we are moving into two different ones, and one of them is focused specifically on creating a result for membership uh, sites and learning management sites because we're very skilled at that. 
It's another vehicle. It's another path. Is it still website design? Yes, but it's very nuanced. We have a very specific deliverable. We have a very specific target customer. We have a very specific marketing plan for that. And so we can change with the times because it's necessary to do so. And that's what it means to be existentially flexible. There are different ways to get the same result, okay? Now, we're about done, but just as sort of a bonus here for this. There's another concept that Simon talks about in that book. It's called the just cause. In fact, he spends a lot of time on this. And the just cause is separate from having a why. A, a why, the way that he puts it, is more of like a personal motivation. It's a reason for getting out of bed in the morning. It, it's why you do what you do. It's what keeps you going. The just cause is something that the organization is pointing towards. A future that's never fully attainable, but the fight to get there is just and worthy and something that you can be excited about and your team can rally around and get excited about. What is one example of that? I'll use it, okay? For, for me, we are working on this company um, called Pro Membership Sites. And again, it's not ready yet, but Pro Membership Sites. And we are going to be focusing on e-learning and membership websites for clients. And uh, for us, part of that just cause, and I don't have like a specific statement written out or anything like that, at least not yet. But for us, part of that just cause is we think that um, uh, self-learning, um, you could call it autodidactism or whatever, but basically self-teaching, self-learning is a huge gateway to the future. Uh, it has changed my life radically, okay? Teaching myself, not what I learned in school, but teaching myself, taking online courses, joining membership programs, reading lots of books, listening to podcasts, um, being a, a self-taught person is a huge deal. And we think that independent course creators and membership site owners are the gateway to knowledge for the future. And this is perfect. This is, this is a just cause for us. We want to help more and more people create that future for the world. We want more people to become self-taught learners. And we want uh, more uh, people who have something to teach to be successful business owners. And so we can help with both by creating this company. And so that's what we're trying to do. And that is, a again, a piece of the existential flexibility. Let's say that uh, website design, for some reason, AI, just comes in and, and like we're very far away from this, I think. But let's say that AI has the ability to actually come in and create a flawless membership and learning management site. I'm not worried about that. I'm not worried about that. Why? Because there are still other pieces of that puzzle. There are other vehicles that I can uh, uh, hop into with my mission of helping more people become self-taught learners and helping more uh, business owners become teachers of what they know um, and to, to, to actually spread that knowledge through the world. There are multiple ways to accomplish that. And so I'm not worried if website design proper uh, gets overtaken by AI fully one day, which again, with the complexity of the work that we do, I do think it's going to be a while before we have to worry about that. But hey, I'm prepared. If so, we have directions that we can go. And that is how web designers can become existentially flexible. Think about that just cause. Think about that results-based mindset. And think about the different vehicles that you can use to get there. And don't be so in love with website design that you fall by the wayside in the same way that Blockbuster was in love with DVDs. Don't be Blockbuster. Be Netflix. Be ready and willing to change with the times when it becomes appropriate. And don't be scared of it either. If you need help with this, I would love to have conversations around this with you. 
head over to subscriptionwebdesign.com. You can get signed up for the group coaching and mentorship program there. Um, the, that's where my getting started course is. That's where all of the past library member calls is. We're even working on right now an exclusive members only podcast to help um, actually get some of that content consumed a little easier. And so just lots of exciting stuff going on. Don't miss it. Subscriptionwebdesign.com. I hope to see you there. And I hope this episode was helpful for you in your journey to be able to deliver results for clients no matter what the current economic or, 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 or marketing or business climate looks like. You guys take care and we'll see you in the next one. Hey there, it's Steve, and I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the show. You know, one of the biggest questions that I get is, okay, Steve, I'm excited. I love this idea of subscription web design, but I have no clue where to get started. If that's you, go to subscriptionwebdesign.com right now, enter your best email address, and I'm going to send you an exclusive training that I did on the five models of subscription web design that will show you the options that are available to you and give you some things to think about on how to get started. And for a limited time, I'm going to include my contract template for subscription web design. I've been asked multiple times to provide this template, and it's usually only available to my paying students. It's a $100 value, but it's yours free. Just go to subscriptionwebdesign.com and enter your best email address there, and I'll send those right to you, as well as send you daily email tips from the trenches of running my agency. See you over there at subscriptionwebdesign.com.